On February 10th, 2017, I was 18 years old, and I went on a date with a girl named Alexandra, and I've uh, been going on, on, on dates with her ever since, basically. Uh, but many years ago, when I met her, I knew her as the girl that was allergic to everything. Then when I started dating her, I was dating the girl that was allergic to everything, and then I got married to her. Now I'm married to the girl that's allergic to everything, but it's okay. It's really good. She's, a, she's not a fragile person. There's just some little things that could take her out, you know. And there's some things that I like that I would prefer to eat all the time that would take her out. So she's allergic to two main, like, groups. She's allergic to some nuts and then some crustaceans. So crustaceans, that's like, you know, shrimp and lobster. Like, who cares about those things? I don't eat fish, so... I'm like totally cool. That, that just vibes with me. She doesn't like that. I don't like that. Great. We'll never have that. That's easy. But she's also allergic to like cashews and walnuts and pecans. And those are some hard nuts to give up, if you know what I mean. Like those are some good ones. Those are like the, the good tasting ones. Like peanuts. Peanuts are in everything. She can have peanuts. She can have almonds. That's nice. She couldn't have those. I don't know if it would have worked out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no offense if you're allergic to those. But probably would have, but it's fine. Here's the point. Some of the things she was allergic to, I totally vibed with. I'm like, that's, that's fine. But then some things, it was kind of hard for me to get on board. I mean, she was al- allergic to gluten, so to speak, allegedly, and then she had gluten when she was dating me, and then it didn't affect her at all, and then she stopped being allergic to gluten. I know some of you are really allergic to gluten, but she was like, you know what I mean? Allergic to gluten, and then she ended up not being. Anyway, point is, like, some things she kind of, she vibe with. She's like, oh, I'll try that. Other things she can't have. Like, she's not going to have nuts. Uh, she's gone to the hospital maybe three or four times in my relationship with her. It's not, never been my fault, just for the record. I uh, never fed her almonds, or I never fed her cashews just to kind of test the theory. I've not done that. I've been careful. But, you know, it's dangerous for her. And some things she can't have. And for me, it took some getting used to, and I had to kind of change my lifestyle, not like a lot, it's not like I had cashews all the time, but yeah, I can't have cashews anymore. I can't have pecans anymore. And if I ever do, she knows right away. Like she can sense it on me. Like, did you have something I was allergic to? Yes or no? Or, you know, she senses it, you know? And because I love her, I'm like, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to like cashews. I, I do like cashews. I'd prefer not to like cashews because I love my wife and I don't want to, you know, offend her or make her sick. And, you know, when it comes to things that she's allergic to, some of it I have to get used to, others of it I'm cool with. Why do I say all this? I say all this because when it comes to relationship with God, some things that God says, a lot of you are really cool with. A lot of you are like, yep, I don't like that either. I don't even want to have any part in that. But some things God is allergic to in the sense that he hates it. There are some things in the scripture that says God despises this. God hates this. And the problem for us is sometimes we like those things, or at least we like to be able to use those things. We like to be able to, you know, kind of dip our toe into those things every once in a while. But what the scriptures say is that God hates certain things. There's a passage in Proverbs that says there are six things that the Lord hates. And of those six things, two of them involve lying, deception, not telling the truth. Why I say all this is because a lot of us, we vibe with that. We're like, I don't like lying either. I hate when people lie to me. So I, I like that, you know, God doesn't like lying. That, that makes me feel good. Others of us, a lot of what we do is deception. A lot of how we present ourselves to other people is not truthful. A lot of what we do is school and papers and homework. It's deceptive. It's not really honest. So for some of us, if you say, I love God, I want to serve God, I want my life to be about God. Well, then if that's the case, then if you like deception, 
or in your life, even if you don't like it, but if there are patterns of deception, God's word in the book of Proverbs is going to be very clear this morning. It cannot be the case anymore. Deception has to go. We have to start telling the truth. That's a very simple truth, but I want you to open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 12 and see this section in Proverbs where the author is going to go off on telling the truth and lying. He says, look, lying is such a big deal. Some of us think lying is one of the small sins. You'd say, you know, there's big sins, like, I don't know, the Ten Commandments, murder, committing adultery, you know, killing somebody, coveting other people's stuff or stealing things. That's the big sins. Well, do you know even on that list, you have the sins that we might consider small, like, hey, make sure you honor your father and mother. Some of you are like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. God says it's a big deal. It should be a huge deal to you. But one of those things that sometimes we minimize is the sin of lying or deception. I want to tell you this morning, God's word is going to be very, very clear with us. We cannot be liars. If you say you love God, and if you're a liar, that needs to change today. If you're deceptive about things or your lifestyle, that needs to change. Look at this, Proverbs chapter 12, starting verse 17. We're going to look at a few verses here that are all about lying and deception. It says in verse 17, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. That just sounds like a, you know, okay, true statement. If you're a liar, what you're going to do is you're going to lie about people. And when this context is all about false witness and giving honest evidence. You would, you're supposed to like imagine in a courtroom setting. That's what he's talking about. Like if you've got a false witness, imagine you're on trial for some crime. And someone said like you did something that you didn't do. If someone comes in as a witness and says, I saw that person steal that lady's purse. I saw it with my own eyes. And if you didn't do it, who is that person? That person is a false witness. They're intentionally lying about you. You're innocent of that crime, but someone's slandering you or accusing you of doing something you didn't do. So that's the main context here. In fact, this might be a surprise to you, but in the Old Testament law, in the book of Deuteronomy, if you were to be a false witness, let's say you accuse someone of committing murder, right? Let's just say it was a big deal, big sin. If you stood there and accused someone, they killed that person. If it was found out that you were a false witness, you would get whatever punishment that that person would have gotten. That's how big of a deal being a false witness is. That's why in in Old Testament Israel, you were not supposed to ever speak up about something that you saw that someone did unless you were confident and sure, so much so that you would have to be willing to bear the consequences if you were lying. That's how serious God takes being a false witness. So what he says here is, an honest person, they give good evidence. Like, I can trust an honest person. Some of you are honest people. You say things, and it's like, because you've proven over the course of your life that you're a generally honest person, I can trust what you say. Okay? But then there are others of you that don't do that, and that you're dishonest. And what it says here is, well, a false witness, a lying tongue, um, is a false witness. They utter deceit. Look at verse 18. It says, there's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Right? And that's kind of what happens. If you're a liar, like if you're a chronic liar, if, if you're first reaction to things is to lie or deceive. Well, then your words are like that. They're like sword thrusts. You don't even think about it, but they just kind of come out of your mouth and they do damage. He says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It's the opposite effect. Look at verse 19. He says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment, right? So we see that played out in our world today. Someone can lie about something, say that there's something, say that I've done something, say that I've been somewhere, but then once it's found out that you're not, it's like, I don't believe anything that you said. All right, listen to a breakup song. 
anybody talking about their ex-boyfriend. Like, you lied about this. It's, I can't trust anything that you said. Like, you see that worked out in life. And it's true, right? If someone you find out has been lying to you about a lot of things, you start to go back and question anything that they said before that. You could tell a hundred true statements, and then you tell one lie, you've lost the trust of that other person. And they're going to go back and wonder, were you telling the truth back then? Was it true when you said this? And it undermines your whole foundation of truth. A lying tongue's but for a moment. Verse 20 says, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. So now he's not just talking about words. When you use that word deceit, I mean, we can deceive with our words. That just means to say something that's not true or to withhold the truth or to do things that are untruthful, right, in the realm of lying. But he says deceit goes all the way down to our hearts. And really, if you've got a person who's deceiving, what's going on in their hearts is probably a lot of evil. And we'll talk about reasons for that later. But it says, but those who plan peace have joy. Like the person that's not planning on deceiving or misleading, the end result of their life is going to be joy. I mean, trying to spin all these webs of lies takes a lot of work. And really, it's pretty anxious work. And it makes us very anxious to spin all these lies. But he says, if you're a person who just plans peace in your heart, you're a person who wants relationships to be built, and you want good to happen, and you want to be godly, like if that's your heart desire, then the end result is going to be joy. It's going to be happiness. It's going to be actual contentment in the relationships that you have. Look at verse 21. It goes on even further. It says, no ill befalls the righteous. So like no big catastrophe to tear down someone's life if they're righteous. Why? It says, well, but the wicked are filled with trouble. That's not saying, hey, the book of Job was wrong because Job had a bad life. That's not the point. The point is, in the natural flow of things, if you're a person who plans peace, that tells the truth, that you're a forthright person, and you're willing to speak the truth and not hide behind a bunch of layers of lies, well, then there's not going to be some big thing that comes crashing down to destroy your life. There's not going to be some secret that comes out that destroys your reputation because you're just honest. And if there was a secret to tell It's already out there, and it's not like there's going to be some big thing that's going to destroy your life because you're honest. That's what he's saying. But on the flip side, if you're a person who deceives, like you got this big powder keg of explosives that are just building up, building up, and one day the fuse is going to lit and it's all going to fall apart. That's why he says for your own good, you got to work on this honesty thing. Comes to verse 22. This might be the most important verse. Verse 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Abomination is not a word we use very much. Um, the word means it's repulsive. So if I said that's an abomination to me, I, I just oh, despise it. You know, the smell of fish, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But the smell of fish to me is an abomination. I just, oh, I hate it. It just, everything about it just makes me feel gross and slimy and it feels like you just pulled that out of the water with your bare hands. Like I just, I don't like the smell. It's disgusting to me, okay? So there are things that are disgusting to you. But when we're talking about an abomination, we're talking about before the Lord, this thing is an abomination. So anything the scriptures say, that's an abomination to God. What that means is like God is like just from his whole being just repulsed by that. What is he talking about here? Lying. Lying lips. Even on a so-called good church kid, right? a good girl, a good guy, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. He hates it. But those who act faithfully, That means they're honest. They say what they're going to do, and they're going to do it. They say that they did this, and it is actually what they did. Well, those people who act faithfully, they are his delight. God loves it. It's it's putting these two things as polar opposites. What does God absolutely hate and despise? Lying. 
What does God absolutely love and embrace? Truth-telling, living in faithfulness. If you just try to make it as clear as possible. And that's why for us, as we study the book of Proverbs, it's super important for us to discuss this topic of lying. There's a lot of sins of our mouth, and you know, James even says in James 3 that if you were able to not sin with your mouth, you'd be a perfect person. Like This is one of the hardest areas for us. But what I want to do today is kind of do a systematic look, not just at this text, but at all of what the Proverbs say and all of what God's Word says about lying and deception. Because it, obviously, like I, I could end the sermon by saying, hey, don't lie, tell the truth, close your Bibles, let's pray. Right? You know that's what I'm going to say. Okay? But what I want to do today is dive a little deeper onto the reasons why we lie. I want you to think self-reflectively today. If you're a liar or you deceive people, why do we do that? I want to kind of do some heart surgery, clean out our hearts so that we're more pure, so that we can just act faithfully before God. I want to repent of deceptive heart motives and all that. So it starts with this. Point number one, learn the truth about lying. Learn the truth about lying. What does the Proverbs say about lying? Why do we do it? What is it? What does God's word say? Well, a lot of things that I'm about to tell you come straight from this passage. We can start off with verse 22, that last verse we just covered. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Okay. So here's the first big truth. God hates lying. God hates lying. He hates deception. He hates lying. He hates anything that would deceive other people. Abomination, something that's disgusting, abhorrent to God. I referenced this passage, but Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 say this. There are six things that the Lord hates. And there are seven that are an abomination to him. So he's about to give a list of things that God doesn't like. First one, haughty eyes. That means a proud person that looks down at people and says, oh, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're terrible, right? Haughty eyes. Number two, a lying tongue, right? What we just talked about. Three, hands that shed innocent blood. Right? Another thing God hates. Fourth, a heart that devises wicked plans. Like a person who not only reacts sinfully, but proactively thinks, what sin can I do now? God says, oh, he, he hates that. And five, feet that make haste to run towards evil. Right? People who are ready and quick to sin. Right? People say, hey, what are we doing tonight? Oh, are we going to do bad stuff? Let's do it. People who run towards that. God says, I, I hate that. I, I, I hate that. Then he says, number six, a false witness who breathes out lies. And then seven, one who sows discord among brothers, which means who causes other people to fight with one another. So two, or at least, you know, at least two, but maybe even three of those are pertaining to deception and lying. So think about it. When God gives a list, and this is not everything that God hates, but think about it. God gives his list of things that he hates, and on it, two or three of them are all about lying. Here's the question. Are, are you a liar? Like, do you lie? When's the, when's the last time you told a lie? You might say, well, like, what kind of lie, right? Because there's different kinds of lies. There's like a bold-faced lie. Someone says, were you here tonight? And you say, no, when the reality was yes. Okay, that's like, maybe I haven't done one of those in a while. But if you think about lying, there's some layers to all this. One thing that you should think about with lying, and, and the reason that God hates is it, because it goes against his character, right? G God tells the truth. He defines the truth. God, God is truth. His word is truth, right? So anytime we as his people like stray from what he's like, th that's one of the reasons why it's bad. Like, here's another verse. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, says about God, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Right? God says stuff and he does it. 
That's why we believe what he says in the Bible is true, and it won't be contradicted. It will only be backed up by your life experience. It's not like, hey, well, God's word says this, but like really life experience says the opposite. It's like, no, no. What God says is true, and, and if your life experience contradicts it, well, then either your life experience is misinterpreted or you're not correctly understanding what God's word says. Okay? Because God's word is true, and it proves true. He doesn't change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? So like lying goes against God's nature, okay? That's one thing. And if you're in Proverbs 12, drop down to chapter 13. Look at verse number five. So we say here, God hates lying. He doesn't like it from his inside. He, he hates it when people are asked questions and they say no when the answer is yes. He hates it when people lie or pretend to be something when they're really not. God hates it because he sees right through it. Like, it doesn't impress God. Like, all your lies, they could impress people. They could deceive people. But think about it. God's never deceived. It's like he knows the total truth. So every time you tell a lie, what's God's perspective on your lying? It's like he, know, he knows you're a liar. One of the reasons we tell lies is because we, we want people to believe what we say, right? But God never believes lies because he knows the total truth, okay? So God hates lying. Look at verse 5 of chapter 13. The righteous hates falsehood. So the righteous, God's people, they hate falsehood. So here's two truths. God hates lying, and the other truth is righteous people hate lying. They hate it. So like if you're a righteous person, one of the ways you can know that your heart is like God's heart is if you despise lying, if you look down on it, if you hate it. If when you're tempted to lie, you fight it with everything in you because you're like, oh, this is, that's gross. It's gross. Lying is gross. The reason I, I say all this is because a lot of us might say, I love God, and I believe that he hates lying, but the reality in our life is we don't hate lying. We think it's okay. And in fact, we have our own set of lies that we tell people that kind of get them to try to believe the lies that we say, whether it be about our schoolwork, whether it be about um, writing papers, whether it be about doing our chores, whether it be about when we clocked in or clocked out of work. I mean, it could be a lot of different things, but we got our little sets of lies that you've spun out, like little webs. If you don't hate that and want to repent of that, well, then the Bible's not going to call you, that's a really righteous person. It's not going to say that, right? God hates lying. Righteous people hate lying. Psalm 119 says, I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. One of the characteristics of godly people is not that they love everything. There are things that godly people are supposed to hate, and one of the things we're supposed to hate is lies. And we naturally hate lies. When people tell lies about us, right, we're like, oh, I shouldn't say that. That's totally not it's true. But, like, do you hate it when lies are told about other people? even people that aren't your friends. Do you hate that too? Do you hate it not just when you tell lies or you cheat on things, but when other people do too? Does that bring any kind of grief to you? Or is it like you're just so used to it? It's, it's fine. Everybody does it. Like we should hate lying. We should hate deception. In our passage, in verse 20, Proverbs 12, 20, says deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. So here's another thing that's true about lying. Lying comes from an evil heart. So we've talked about this before in Proverbs 4, but like our whole life springs from our heart. So whatever's going on on the inside is going to work its way out on the outside. If we don't like what's on the outside, we can trace it back to where it all started in our hearts. And here's another truth. Lying starts in your heart. It comes out of your heart. Your whole life flows from it. So if, if you're tempted to lie, well, then there's probably something that's going on underneath the surface in your heart that's wrong. That's not the way it should be. For example, like if you were to do something you shouldn't do, you would probably be tempted to lie afterwards to say, oh, I didn't do that. Like, what brought that temptation for you? 
why were you so like drawn to lying? Well, it's because there was something evil that was done. Like you're trying to cover up something that happened that you know you shouldn't have done, but like you trace it all back. Where does it all come from? It all comes from our evil hearts. So he says, lying is in the heart. Deception is in the heart of those who plan evil. Another thing that you need to know about lying, another truth, lying really hurts yourself in the end. So if you're a liar, right, and some of you are, some of you are chronic liars, whenever it comes time to, you know, tell the truth, you're always fighting it, right? Some of you are like that. Others of you want to tell the truth, and in general, you do tell the truth, right? But lying is like a a problem that comes up sometimes. Others of you are, generally speaking, blameless in the sense that you don't tell lies and you are living in the truth, right? Um, So there's a lot of different people here that I know I'm talking to, but in chapter 12, verse 13, if you just look up real quick, verse 13 says, an evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. Okay, so here's another thing that we can know. Okay, lying ends up hurting ourselves in the end. If you spin a web of lies and you think this will help me, this will benefit me, everyone will believe I'm this, or everyone, nobody will know that I did this. You tell lies for long enough, you think it will help you. You think it guards you from the consequences of your own actions. God's word says, no, it's actually not guarding you. It's just making everything worse. Like if you don't see that it's adding sin to sin, it makes everything worse. It's it's like this. Um, I referenced this before, but when we tell lies and then someone finds out, everything that we said that was true to that person ends up being questioned, right? And I would think for most of you, you want the people in your life to generally trust you, right? You want your parents to trust you. you. You want your boyfriend or girlfriend to trust you. You want your friends to trust you. You want people at your future college to trust you. You don't want to be looked at with suspicion. Some of you don't like that. It's like people look at you with suspicion. Like, hey, I don't like that. Okay. Well, you want people to trust you, right? So when we tell lies, what it does is it undermines the foundation of trust so that once it falls apart, it's a house of cards. Right? You've seen those house of cards, right? You pull one card out of the bottom and the whole thing comes falling down. That's what happens with deception. So I just warn you. If there's deception going on in your life, whether it be at school, whether it be in your home, just know that that God will make sure it all comes out. God will make sure it all comes either crumbling down, and God will teach it the hard way, or you can come and confess it, and then it comes out that way. So like every lie will come out. That's another basic truth of, of the scripture, that even if you've got a bunch of things that are hidden, do you know how often in the New Testament, Jesus says like all the hidden things will be revealed one day? Jesus said to the disciples, what's whispered in quiet rooms will one day be shouted on the rooftops. Like all the secret stuff gets exposed. Or even for you as a Christian, we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says that one day we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all the secret things will be made, will be made known. So sometimes like, you know, I'll, yeah. If people don't believe something I say, it's like, hey, you'll find out one day. Like, when all things are revealed, you'll find out that I told you the truth, right? It's like, oh, I don't know if that really happens. Like, hey, you know, when, when Jesus plays the clock, you know, plays the tape back, you're going to find out it was all true. Because um, that's what we see is promised in the New Testament. Another truth about lying. We see it in Proverbs 5 very clearly. We also see it in Revelation 21. Proverbs 5, 6 says about God, you destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. God, God is going to take care of liars. You got people who've lied about you, God will take care of it, right? If, if you've lied about other people, God will take care of it, right? That same truth 
is comforting and convicting depending on if you're a liar or not. Revelation 21.8 says, at the very end, after we sang about this today, pain and sorrow and crying will be no more one day. Right after God's word says that, it says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, as for sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Like one of the markers that you can know that you're not right with God is if you're a murderer, right? That's a pretty good, you know, if you're murdering people, you're probably not in the right relation with God, right? You're a sorcerer, right? Whatever that means, right? You're probably not in the right relation with God. You're a sexually immoral person, right? You're probably not in the right relation with God, right? Here's another thing. If you're a liar, probably not in a right relation with God. That's how serious, this is getting lumped in with idolatry and murder and being faithless and detestable. The idea of like not holding fast to the gospel. Like this is a big deal to God. That's the truth about lying. Well, if it's so bad, why do we do it? Okay, point number two, I want you to discern the motives for deception. I want us to think real quick. Why do we lie? What do the scriptures have to say about this? Well, one of the Proverbs that talks about this is kind of a funny one. But it's sad because it's true for many of us. Proverbs 26, verse 13. After you write that down, discern the motives for deception. Write down Proverbs 26, 13. I'll read it for you. It says, the sluggard, the lazy person, says there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. (laughs) What does that have to do with lying? Okay. What he's teaching there about the sluggard is lazy people give excuses for why they're not getting out of bed. And then later he says, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed, like right and left, by just turning over 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, noon, right? That's what sluggards do with, with their bed, right? So he says also in that text, sluggards will say, there's a lion in the road. What does that mean? A sluggard, a lazy person, lies about why they're lazy. They say, I'm not getting out of bed because there's, there's probably something out there. There's probably a lion in this. That's why I'm not getting out of bed this morning, because there's a lion in the street. Okay? You may have, maybe have never said that before, but some of us lie and deceive to cover up our laziness. Maybe there's something that you didn't do. Maybe your parents say, hey, why did you not do what you know you were supposed to do? And then you spin a lie. There was a lion in the street. There's a, the dog ate my homework. There's a, re, there's a reason. It's like making up excuses. That's called lying, and sluggards do it all the time. And if you're a person who's lazy... What you often will do, lying accompanies laziness because you'll lie to cover up what you didn't do. We don't just lie about like stuff we did that we shouldn't have done. We also lie to cover up why we didn't do the things that we should have. This is why in school, cheating on tests, copying homework, plagiarizing papers, it's why it's all lying. Oh, well, I got a good reason. I got an excuse. That's all, that's all, those are lies. Another big reason we lie is to cover up our sin. We see multiple examples in Scripture of people lying to cover up what they did. If you think about a lot of your lying, probably a lot of it comes down to you did something that you shouldn't have done, and you want to cover it. You don't want people to know. You don't want your parents to know. You don't want your teachers to know. When God asked Cain, you know Cain? Not raising Cain's, but Cain, the guy who killed his brother. Genesis chapter 4. He said, hey, where's your brother, Cain, where's your brother Abel? Where is he? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? after he had just killed him, lying to God to cover up his sin. Another time someone lied in the book of Genesis, Sarah. 
when Sarah was asked, did you laugh? Right? God said, hey, there's gonna, you know, you're going to have a baby. You're really old, but you're going to have a baby. And she laughed. And God asked, did you just laugh, Sarah? She says, I didn't laugh. And God says, no, but you did laugh. Right? Why do we laugh? To cover up sin. The brothers of Joseph in Genesis 37. One of the lies that they tell their father they bring this coat of many colors, and it's all covered in blood, and they, they spouted it with blood. They like made a crime scene to say, oh, man, he must have been killed by some beast. He must have, I don't know what happened. He must have been killed. That was a lie. Why did they tell that lie? Why was there this need to make up this story? Why? Well, because they had to cover their sin. Because they did wrong, and they didn't want to confess that they did wrong. They wanted to cover it up. Same thing is true with us. If you look at some of the reasons you lie, a lot of it's because you did wrong, and you just want to cover it up. That just adds sin to sin. That just makes everything worse. One of the reasons we lie is to cover up our hatred for people. I don't know if you think about that, but Proverbs says something about that in chapter 26. If you're in Proverbs 12, just turn over real quick to Proverbs 26. Look at this. This might surprise you. Two quick passages here in Proverbs 26. Starting in verse 18, a person who deceives and doesn't tell the truth, one of the reasons you might do that is because you actually hate the person you're talking to. Here's what that looks like. Look at it, verse 18. Proverbs 26, 18 says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, it's just a prank, it's just a prank, it's just a prank. I'm only joking. A madman who throws firebrands and arrows and death. That might sound like really cool to you, right? But if I, I, I got little kids, right? Someone came to my house and started throwing firebrands and arrows and death. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? This is dangerous. You need to get out of here. God says, that's like you or me who goes and deceives someone and says, oh, I was just joking. It's a prank, it's a prank, it's a prank, right? Sorry, that's just our language, right? It was just a prank, it's just a prank. Was it just a prank or were you lying? Were you, were you deceiving people? Were you, like, and it's so normal. And like some of us are so steeped in like what you think is normal that when you hear this, you're like, well, that's not bad though, is it? Like, yeah, it is. Well, I can do that, can't I? Not the path of life, like, not if I want to do what God says. You need to be a truth teller. Like, you, you can't be a deceiver. It's a hard one. Look at verse 24, drop down. It says, after he talks more about gossip and, and whispering and sharing secrets that other people have. Look at verse 24. He says, whoever hates disguises himself with his lips. So most people don't come out and say, I hate you, Right? Maybe you've had maybe a person or two do that. But most people who hate you won't tell you, I hate you. What do they do? Well, they disguise their hatred. They cover it up with what? He says, with their lips. And they harbor deceit in their heart. Like they're ready to trick you. They're out to get you. The people who hate you, they don't always tell you they hate you, right? And you know this from experience. You've been burned by people before, right? Like you thought they were your friend, but they really didn't like you. They were really envious of you or jealous of you or whatever, right? Maybe not. Verse 25 says, when he speaks graciously, believe him not. So there are some people who say, oh, I, I love you, I love you, I love you, I care about you, I care about you, right? But maybe deep down they actually hate you. So he says, don't believe people who hate you, obviously. He says, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Right? There are some people that will lie to you with a very nice face. The word that we use for that is flattery, right? If someone flatters you, it's like they say, you're so pretty, oh, you look so good, you look so good. They turn around and say, oh, how ugly was that person? I can't believe it. Why would they wear that? Why would they do that? Right? Flattery. Propping someone up 
intentionally with hatred so that they'll fall, right? Verse 26, though his hatred be covered up with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. The idea is before God's people, and when you get godly people around, and the real situation is assessed, it's like, well, that hatred will be very easily revealed. It just takes a few godly people to get around and be like, dude, you did all that because you hate that person, didn't you? That wasn't because you loved them. You weren't being Because we can say, oh, I was nice to them, I was nice to them. But if you were lying to them with niceness, that's wrong too. You realize that calling, okay, ladies, you realize calling someone pretty when they're not is a lie, right? Okay, here's what I mean, okay? Sorry, that kind of sounded a little intense. But like, if you think they're pretty, you can call them pretty, that's fine. But you know what I mean? Like, this kind of flat, like, you look so good. You look, if, if you don't believe that, you better not say that. Because sometimes you say that because you want them to say it to you. That's lying. You're lying to do that, right? Guys do this in other ways, too. So, oh, that's so cool, that's so cool. When you know, like, I, they're going to, like, that's so stupid. They're about to look so stupid, right? It's flattery. You're puffing someone up so that they can be torn up. That's flattery. Don't do it. It's lying. If you're lying, stop lying. There's so many things that we lie about, and we think, well, it's okay because it's not lying. It's, it's just this. Like, well, take it back to the scripture word. It might be lying. Verse 27, he says, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. That's just what happens. And a stone will come back on him who started rolling it. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. The idea is you do that for long enough, you will be exposed for the hater of other people that you are. You'll be exposed for the liar that you are. And guess what? It will all come back on you. That's how God's designed his world to work. Sometimes we lie to gain stuff unfairly. Right? There's other things. Right? Uh, Proverbs 11.1 1 says, False balances are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So back in the ancient days, they'd have weights and they'd have balances, and you could imagine you could rip people off if you had like a little 10-gram weight that was really like, I don't know, more grams than that, and says, ten, oh, this is 10, well, then I want to get what, like, you could rip people off really easily by having false weights or false scales, right? That's how it worked back in the ancient day. The point is, when we set things up to gain things unfairly by lying, that's wrong. For you to make up a story that's not true, to put on your college entry exam, to put as your, like, this is my application for college, but it's all not true. I'm just, I'm just saying, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're deceiving. It's wrong. Don't do it. When you plagiarize and you take someone else's work and say, well, I just got to go really fast, you are lying. It's lying. When you cheat on tests, you look over people's shoulder, you write down letter B because you saw letter B on that, you are lying. It's deception. It's wrong. It's a million things like that. Proverbs 20, 14 says something funny. Proverbs says, bad, bad says the buyer, but then he goes away and boasts, right? It's like you try to buy a used car and like, oh, I hate this. This is wrong. I got to fix this. Uh, the price got to be, uh, I don't know, like let's do $8,000, right? And like, okay, fine. And they take it, they brag to all their friends. I got it for $8,000, right? I take the tire. Oh, look, I, I lied about how bad it was, but like, I'm not going to fix it. It's totally fine. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire, right? Um, there are so many things people do that just are, that are deception. You can't be a deceiver. You want to be on the path of life? Stop lying. Proverbs 21.6 says, The getting of treasure 
by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. You get stuff by lying. You get stuff by pretending to be somebody. You get stuff by pretending to have done things that you didn't really do. You get a job by saying you went to this college when you didn't really go to that college and saying that you graduated when you didn't really graduate. You gain stuff by lying. It's all fleeting because it will be ripped away once people know the truth. It's a snare of death. You'll be exposed as a fake. Like That's like, I don't know, the scariest thing. You don't want to be exposed as a fake in your relationships or in your workplace or in your family or anything like that. Another reason people lie is to make themselves appear better than we really are. Proverbs 19.22 says, What is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. Ladies, would you rather be with a liar who is rich or a poor person who's honest? And be careful before you answer that. Right? Be careful. A lot of people would say, rather be with a liar. That is what's called stupid, right? Or if you want Bible word, foolish, or if you want a modern word like crazy. I don't know. I don't know. You don't want to be with, yeah, better be a poor man than with a liar. Someone who doesn't have a lot and is just honest, yeah, I don't have a lot. Better than pretending to have a lot. Proverbs 13, 7. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. People lie all the time. Just trying to say, don't be one of those people. Another last reason that I have why people lie, a lot of people lie to make themselves appear more godly than they are. Not just successful or rich, but a lot of people in church settings lie or deceive to try to get people to think that they're godly and more godly than they really are. You know, Jesus talked about this so much. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, beware, be careful, be careful of practicing your righteousness, your Bible reading, your serving. Be careful of practicing that before other people in order to be seen by them. Two people could do the same good things. One could do it for the right reasons. The other could do it for the wrong reasons. And here's what Jesus says. says, For then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Two people, same sacrifice, same work, same service, same Bible, whatever you want to call it, right? Same everything. Two different hearts, two totally different results from God. He views them completely differently. Hypocrisy. There's a story in the New Testament of a couple, a man and a, and a wife who lied about something good. Very interesting. In Acts chapter 5, uh, Ananias and Sapphira were two Christians that lived in the early church. It's Acts 5, anyway. I mean, it's like right at the beginning. And people were like selling property so that they can give more money to the church so that some of the people who didn't have what they need would be taken care of. Because at that point, if a, let's say a woman became a Christian, she would be exiled from her whole household. She couldn't work. Like there was a lot of practical, physical needs they needed met with the church. So people were giving money. One of the guys who gave money was a guy named Barnabas. Right? He sold property, and you know him as Barnabas. He's also called Joseph. Um, and, and, you know, we know him as a good guy. There's another couple that sold their land, and they would have been known as good people if they didn't do one thing. They lied. Okay? Here's Acts chapter 5. It says, But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he, that's Ananias, kept back for himself son of, some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay? So you're like, what's the problem with that? That's not a problem. Not a problem to sell your property and give 
80% of it to the church. He's not in sin for doing that, okay? That's not the problem. He gave a lot. That's awesome. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds from this land? So Peter, filled with this knowledge that God gave him supernaturally, looks right through it and says, you're a liar. You're saying, oh, I gave all the money that I made on this transaction. No, you're not. You're a liar. When it remained unsold, did it not remain with you? Like, you could have kept this. You didn't have to give this. And after it was sold, was it not all at your disposal? Why is it that you've contrived this deed in your heart? Notice, even Peter, when he talks about lying, where does it all start? Starts in your heart. Starts with a plan. He says, you've not lied to man, but to God. So the problem was not that he only gave part of his money. The problem was he lied about it. Like, we would know Ananias and Sapphira as, like, that good couple at the early church. There would be churches named after these people if they didn't lie. Like, but they lied about what they gave. Like, they gave so much money to the church. Like, what's the problem? Did, Did Peter just want more money? No. God was concerned that his people in the church age, don't say this is Old Testament stuff, don't say this is, no, this was in the church. Jesus had died, risen again, and ascended, and they lied. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard. Like, he just died right there. What about his wife, right? It says, while they were getting Ananias' body out, Sapphira shows up and wants to brag to, the, to Peter and all the apostles, hey, we gave all this money. Boom, she died too. Right? God killed two people, wealthy, probably older, right? probably not teenagers, right? These are probably people who are in their 50s or 60s, well-established, respectable, probably had servants, probably had a big house. They sold their property. Like, these are like really good-looking elite Christians. God kills them. Why? Because they were liars. How seriously do you take your lying? That's the question. Now, I know this sermon's all been about lying, and it wouldn't be right if we didn't just for a second talk about the other side of this, about telling the truth. Point number three, I'd love for you to write this down. I want you to speak the truth no matter the cost. I want you to speak the truth no matter the cost. And the cost sometimes is just the consequences of our own actions. Right? If we've done what's wrong and we need to tell it, we just should just tell it. We should just say it. No excuses, no self-justification, just I didn't do the thing I should have done. That's on me. I'm wrong, right? Inversely, I did this thing and it was wrong. And that's my fault. What do I need to do to make it right? Should I, should I apologize? Should I talk? Like, that's the kind of heart that we should have when it comes to deception. We want to speak the truth no matter the cost. If you think back through those reasons for deception, you'll probably find a lot of your own reasons in there. And you might even have more. Those are just a couple from the scriptures. We talked about this last year, but Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, right? In the church, you got Christians, you got family members, like, you lie to the people in your home, you lie to the people in your church, you lie to the people in your small group, like, dude, like, that's so destructive. Speak truth with one another, just, just tell the truth. You know how much more godly you get when you just tell the truth? You know how much more godly your friends get when you guys just tell the truth? You speak the truth. Again, what I'm not saying is you, you should share everything you're thinking all the time. That's not what I'm saying. 
right? It's like, oh, I'm just being honest. Like, okay, but you should be nicer, right? Your heart should be a little bit more clean than that, right? But my point is, so many of us, just this is a very simple message today. Don't lie. Tell the truth, right? That's the, that's the whole point of the sermon, right? You, but you knew that from the moment we talked about lying. You knew I was going to say that. But I hope that this deep dive kind of shows you there's some probably nasty reasons in my heart why there's lying. Some of you maybe lie because you think it's going to help something. Every liar will be exposed, not just in the judgment, but most of the time in this life too. Like you want people to trust you. You want people to rely on you. You want to have good friendships. You want to have a good marriage. You want to have good, all of it is dependent on truth. And if we don't learn this lesson now, I'm just afraid um, for how life can fall apart very quickly. The question for you is what patterns are in your heart? Patterns of truth or patterns of lying? Live on the path of life requires us to tell the truth. God wants that for you, and he wants to benefit your life through it all, too. Let's pray and ask God for help with this. God, please help us tell the truth. We know that it's hard. Sometimes it costs us to tell the truth, but we know it. whatever it costs us is better than holding on to, to lies. Pray that our hearts would just be soft to this message. I know it's kind of a hard one uh, to hear, especially if there's deception going on. In our own lives, there's hypocrisy or putting on a mask of trying to be more godly than we are. We just confess that we've all sinned in this way. Not a single person in this room is guiltless, guilt-free, or completely innocent or blameless. We just pray that ultimately we'd walk in faithfulness and truth. We know that if we walk in integrity, we don't have to be afraid of secrets coming out about us because they'd all not be true um, if we're just walking in integrity. So I pray that this sermon would just be helpful for all of us to take deception and lying more seriously in our own hearts and our own lives and that we just be different people as a result more faithful to you in jesus name we pray amen